One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader. If scary movies give you dread, keep you up late night in bed, here's a podcast that will help ease your mind. We'll explain the plot real nicely, then we'll talk about what's frightening so you never have to have a spooky time. It's ruined. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Ruin. This is Hallie. And this is Allison. And, and this is Ruined, a movie <laughs> where we ruin a horror movie every week. Sorry, every Allison, week. I cut you off. What were you going to say? <laughs> I was going to introduce the podcast. I don't know why I was taking that on. That's such a, a you role. No, that's exciting. It's, Listen, you know, new, I don't, it's new 2022. Year, new yeah, new, new year, you. new me, <laughs> new um, sentences that we spurred out at the beginning of the show. Um yeah, this is a podcast where we ruin a horror movie for you. Uh, and um, you probably know that by now. Um, Allison, how are you doing? You know what? I'm doing fine. I uh, I ended up catching uh, COVID, Omicron. Yes, I, I wasn't sure if we wanted to discuss it on the pod, but you're doing I mean, very well. So 25%, like, like I'm sure yeah. it's actually closer to 50% of New Yorkers have it. Because, like, I found out by taking a home test and then didn't go get a PCR test because I was like, okay. I don't, this came, like— it showed up so quickly. Like, there was yeah. no, like, is this? It was like, it was like you have COVID. Um, yeah. So, like, whatever. We shouldn't shame people. You know, I had been doing everything uh, as as cautiously as I could and still somehow got it outside or on a train. It's, like, impossible to know. Um, but yeah. I never had any. I was very lucky to have uh, been vaccinated and boosted, and I didn't really have any symptoms. It kind of felt like a very, very, very mild cold, and I am over it and free now. So to everybody out there who is dealing with this, good luck. <laughs> I'm I'm so glad you're doing well and you didn't, you had the asymptomatic kind. Um, yes. Dave and I, my Dave boyfriend of the pot and I went to Ohio and I definitely, we were white knuckling it. And that's not to say it couldn't oh, yeah. happen at any point. I mean, my God, you go anywhere, you know. Unfortunately, know. it seems like, you know, the Omicron is so con- uh, contagious, but we de- we've been tested several times and we didn't get it, which to me, I was like, we by the skin of our teeth, you know, like I'm sure it was like on the outside of our mask. Oh. And we just happened to not get it. Yeah, somehow you like avoided it. Yeah, I didn't even like think I. I only tested just because I was like gonna go see some friends, and I had been like pretty isolated anyway, just because like everybody I knew had it, and I was like, well, I'm not gonna go out, but I was gonna go right. see like two friends, and then I was like, I better just take a test just to make mm-hmm. sure that I'm not carrying it around with me. And like, sure enough, it was like, well, you have it. And I was like, well, that would have never smart, known. Though. So yeah. use those home tests if you found access to them. Hopefully that we're at the point in January when you're listening to this that it's not a national crisis <laughs> to try and get one home test for a pandemic disease. But, you know, our government is deeply mismanaged. But what isn't mismanaged, of course, is uh, this podcast. We are running it flawlessly and uh, without any hiccups or mistakes or problems ever. Um, so if you listen to this, you know sometimes we take questions from you guys, anything that you want to know about us and horror movies or movies in general, like whatever you want to ask, you can email us at ruined at the radiopoint.com. Um, or you can DM us on Instagram uh, at ruined podcast. And this one came from uh, Drew via email. Thank you, Drew. He wrote, if you could write a sequel to a horror movie starring a minor character from the first, which horror movie character would you promote to protagonist for the sequel? Mm-hmm. I am dying to know. I I have to say, like, when this kind of question comes in, I have to really, like, 
dig around mm-hmm. in my brain to figure out something because I forget right. everything that happens in every movie <laughs> as soon as we, like, hit, like, recording stops. Right. So. Allison has the, mom- the memento disease where she has to, like, write, <laughs> tattoo everything on her body, which is, like, a but lot because we had a lot of episodes. It's just horror movie information. Like, everything else <laughs> I could retain. That's, like, the um, one memory blind spot that I have. What, what, what um, minor character would you make the protagonist of a sequel? Um, this is a great question. Thank you so much for sending it to us. Um, you know, I was trying to think, and I think the problem with doing a sequel, of course, is that so many minor characters uh, are, by definition, murdered. Yeah. So I think we're either, this would have to be a sequel or um, some sort of uh, retconning. Uh, but sure, the sure. first one that came to mind is um, Rose McGowan's character in the original Scream, Tatum. <gasps> yeah. Which, it would have to be a prequel or, or something like that, which is kind yeah. of fun. Um, maybe like a, you know how they like do like Nancy Drew or like all of these like properties. Now it's like, oh, uh, it's Archie. Uh, there's a serial killer or whatever. Like it would have to be like, there's already been a murder, you know, and maybe it's about. I feel like um, the Scream franchise could handle a prequel. Absolutely. Like, and it, especially I just because. Think, yeah. And I don't want to spoil the movie you've already seen because Allison has seen Scream. Scream is one of the four movies I've seen, so. The movie picks up um, a year after Sidney Prescott's mother has been murdered. So you yes. do the pre- you just said it right after the mother's murder, trying right. to solve, you know, uh, obviously Cotton Weary ends up getting uh, falsely accused Cotton as we Weary, find out. these names. And I don't want to tease, but we are, go- there, Scream 5 is coming out um, very soon. And yes. so we may be revisiting the franchise in its yes. entirety. Yes. So if you haven't seen Scream or don't know what we're talking about, great, because we're going to solve some of your questions. But yeah, I think we could do a prequel. Tatum is now the protagonist. And I like her because she's sort of the sarcastic bitch, like, er, sarcastic bitch of 90s horror movies. Yes. That later in the franchise, they sort of shifted those jokes over to um, Courtney Cox's character, who is mm-hmm. also great. Gail Weathers. Um, yeah, but I love the, the the sarcastic, bitchy best friend. Um, I so do that would love be that my, character. That would be my vote. That's a um, fun one. Allison, um, what, are, what are you thinking? I went in a different direction. Great. And I was thinking about um, the vich which okay. almost everybody is dead by the end of that movie. Mm-hmm. But someone that we only got little little snippets of that I think could really carry a film is Black Philip the Goat. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> like, a, a movie starring Black Philip yeah. running this, like, cabal of, like, nude witches in the woods. Yeah, I mean, the, like, that's a movie. I mean, the Black Philip cinematic universe is the one Black- I'm ready to sign up for. They yes. make how many how many Spider-Man movies do they make? Too you know many. what I mean? We can't get one more movie with Black Phillip. Just Give Black Phillip? Come on. Come yeah. on. So that would I be that, that would be my vote is Black Phillip. So thank you, Drew, <laughs> for that question. And if you guys have other questions along those lines or other, please email us at ruined at the radio point dot com. An email address we now know by heart. <laughs> I mean that you that just rolled off the tongue. I know. The first it just time. happened. And like I we think, haven't recorded in a while. I don't want to say it. Did COVID make you Smarter? Smarter? Like, stronger? I don't know what it is. You've come out on top. The brain fog, like, helped me. (laughs) (laughs) Where you went all the way back around? Where now it's like you remember everything. Yeah. Oh, my God. Ooh, that's creepy. Like, the mist is just in your mind? No. Okay. Okay. Copyright. Don't take that idea. Stephen King, you're listening. We'll write it. (laughs) Um, This month, we are doing sort of a... It's sort of a grab bag, just movies that we had wanted to do, um, but didn't necessarily find a place for them. But this movie this week was one that was recommended for one of our themed weeks. And I'm not going to say which one it is because the reveal is sort of 
the okay. theme is the reveal um, okay. on a certain level. So Interesting. Um, and, you I know, hate now that I know what this was recommended for. Well, we'll get into it because I, I don't still think seems it ruins like a lot of anything. Yeah, 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 I don't think it ruins anything because let me tell you, you know, pretty early on that something ain't right. It's already an autopsy, <laughs> so things already are starting out bad. Yeah. Um, but the movie, of course, we're doing is The Autopsy of Jane Doe, and it was recommended by Kimberly on Instagram and Harold via email. So thank you so much for you guys for sending it. And we also got other people suggesting it for our, the themed month. So thank you so much. And um, we always like to have Allison watch the trailer of the film that we are doing. And Allison, what did you think of The Autopsy of Jane Doe's trailer? Very scary trailer. Um I mean, just, like, it also seems like so much of it, if not all of the movie, just, like, takes place in a morgue. And, mm-hmm. like, that's just great. That's great. Like, that, that's mm-hmm. a good job. Like, good job on the writing. Um, I would do have to say that Brian Cox playing a father to a father-son uh, <laughs> mortuary or autopsy business, um, I just, like, kept waiting for him to, like, look at the corpse and be like, fuck off. <laughs> you know, from I mean, Brian Cox, point, of course, Logan Roy on Succession. Um so I'm I'm hoping there's like a little taste of uh, you know, the Murdochs and the the Trumps in his uh, sensibilities, but I doubt that'll be there. Um, we he definitely brings. I mean, he's he has the gruff fatherly energy. Mm-hmm. That's why you're casting him. That's what he's bringing. So he definitely is a father. He is he is um, beleaguered. He is haunted, not necessarily by his wealth and status and his idiot <laughs> children, but. He definitely, we definitely have some of those elements at play. Okay, great. Um, and we also like to take a baseline scary uh, for the film before we kick things off. And Allison, how scary do you find the concept of performing an autopsy? Oof, so scary. And like, the one that sticks in my brain the most until like whatever I just saw dislodges it and takes over is the scariest autopsy scene of all time is um, in one of my favorite movies, <laughs> Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> oh, the yes. autopsy they do when they find the moth in her throat when she had, it's a scary scene. Um, and like, to me, that is always like, when I think of autopsies, that's what I think of is like a, like a waterlogged drowned body <laughs> for some yeah. reason. Now, Not imagine, everybody does Nelson, that way. if that scene was a, the, an entire film length. Yeah, see, that's length. great. Like, that's like, I'm shocked that no one did it until now. It's it's an incredible idea. It's I love this movie. I will say, you know, I'm afraid of performing an autopsy, but my angle on it is that I listen to a lot of true crime. Mm-hmm. And boy, I'll tell you, there's a lot of people who are doing a real sloppy job when it comes yeah. to autopsies. If you ever watch Cold Case Files, you've seen one mm-hmm. episode of Cold Case Files. If you listen to any <laughs> sort of like unresolved or people mm-hmm. who are, you know, in, people who are innocent who are put sent to prison, and they're always like, oh yeah, it turns out we look at the autopsy and uh, they didn't mention them being stabbed in the back. Like just stuff like that where you're like, how, yeah. who's out here doing this? Yes. In in the movie, obviously, our, our, our two, um, and we'll discuss actually what they are because I also had a hard time like being like, what is a coroner versus a medical examiner, examiner. versus a medical technician versus yeah. like a, mort- uh, a mortician? But we'll yes. get into that. Um, but I, I only say this because I was just reasoning about it because the case, they've like reintroduced a new um, uh, evidence. But there's this murder of this woman, Ellen Greenberg. If, you know, if you're familiar with true crime, I'm sure you've listened to something. Generation Y is a great episode about her. And she was found, she was uh, stabbed uh, 20 times through her apartment. And the 20. medical examiner ruled it a suicide, despite the fact that she was stabbed in the back of her neck. What? And... 
it's one of those things where obviously your family's like, okay, well, obviously this was a murder. That's a murder. And there's a lot of other elements at play, but it's sort of like, yeah, you got to just, um, you know, I, I think you got to come into an autopsy with this, a, a willingness to examine your own biases, your own beliefs. And that's kind yes. of what the movie is about, too. Like, if you're blinded yeah. by your, if in this case, your scientific POV, you will not mm-hmm. be able to understand the other information that's coming to you. Yes. I do um, think that's yeah. why they're so scary, too, is I do think, like, and part of, like, why this podcast exists and horror exists is, like, Solving the mystery is scary. Like find like yes. getting to the point where it's like, oh my God, this means this awful thing. Mm-hmm. Like is a scary moment. Yeah. And like in autopsies on film, often like it's kind of you like depicts like the moment that they discover, like, oh no, this happened. Like, because yes. they find like a little piece of evidence, which is like just a very scary world to live in. Like unpacking a mystery is scary. Right. This is sort of the our, our our end of how to explore our terror around something that is very real, which is cool. the idea that you might someone the idea that someone has to do an autopsy on you. I, I no uh, thanks. You know, please no. I, I never put me in a situation where that has to happen. But also, you just hope they do a good job. You hope they get to the bottom of the mystery. Yes. 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 I hope my um, death isn't a mystery. <laughs> I think yeah, that's like I hope the biggest it's very thing that I can obvious. hope for. That I, I fell out so of a hot clean. air balloon <laughs> and into the alligator's mouth. I want it to be very clear yes. what happened. Yes. Um, but uh, we also, before we start things, um, Allison, would you like to guess the twist in the autopsy of Jane Doe? Guess the twist. I mean, based on the trailer and a little bit of, like, what I know just, like, around it, I, I'm going to guess that she's, like, the the body they have she isn't dead or like is like like can't be dead she's like undead mm-hmm. like lives in the realm of of always alive but dead do you know what i mean <laughs> absolutely and i think this movie which again i loved i think does sort of evoke that um what what i sort of in my mind call the rosemary's baby principle where mm-hmm. it's like you know the whole time this is bad like yes they don't yeah. know we are we as the audience are like okay well obviously, obviously. something foul is afoot but we are watching people grounded in our Lower. reality having to deal with something that is not of our reality mm. and it's absolutely a blast so um I like that and I'm gonna push you further how why do you in what way has she become undead or or living in some sense? What do you think is that the mechanism by which that happened? That she's uh, dead or not dead? Well, what do you think the twist is going to be? I mean, that she, like, is a witch. Great. Love it. <laughs> like, Fabulous. That's my guess. All right. So let us begin with the autopsy of Jane Doe. So you open on beautiful suburban Grantham, Virginia, Uh, A lovely suburb, or is it? No, Mm. unfortunately, there's been a horrific multiple homicide. And we see police and medical examiners taking photos of the crime scene. Blood sprayed everywhere. We have three bodies um, that we can see right now. A knife, a gun. It's upstairs, it's downstairs, it's in the basement. Just another Mm. Tuesday in America, or Mm. is it? Um, We see the sheriff's office sort of cordon off the cul-de-sac, and as they do, the sheriff Burke sees... Uh, reporters from WVNN7 rolling in because they're always looking for a scoop. They're always and, and there. And to be fair, I mean, if 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 
multiple people had been murdered horrifically. I'd probably watch it on the news. I'd want to know a little bit about it. And in a in a suburban town where like that probably doesn't happen often. Exactly. However, so we have these three murdered bodies. Allison, in the basement, there is a fourth body. In a half-undug grave, we see the pristine, unmarked corpse of a woman. She's buried nude, and she's buried loose. She does not have a coffin. She's not even in a sack. She is just—it looks like— In the dirt. In the dirt, she was being dug up. Okay. Okay. So, obviously, they're like, well, what the fuck was going on in this house? Right. That this woman is in the floor of the basement— Sheriff Burke consults with Lieutenant Wade and Trooper Cole, and they inform him, we cannot identify this woman. There's no ID. We, her fingerprints aren't in the, in the system, and she does, she's not related to anyone who lived in the house, which we know we find out are Paul and Carol Douglas, and they're, we've seen them gruesomely murdered upstairs. And Burke says, her titular line, well, not really titular line, Burke says, well, for now, she's a Jane Doe. yes. Allison, nothing has been stolen from the house, and there are no signs of forced entry. In fact, Wade says, if anything, it looks like they were trying to break out. Great. Love it. Cool. Already terrified. Which brings us to the basement of the Tilden Morgue and Crematorium, where we meet our coroner, Tommy Tilden, played by Brian Cox, and his son and... I looked up, I got confused about what a coroner was, and it turns out coroners most places are elected positions. So I was like, can you have two coroners? But his son, at a certain point, you find out he's a medical technician. Okay. And then I was like, could you be both a coroner and a mortician? Like, do coroners usually have uh, funeral homes? Like, in my mind, this should be, you should be down at, like, the police station or whatever. Yeah, that's what I would, especially if you're elected. So based loosely on my bad Googling, I think, like, uh, yes, in in reality, a a coroner, a funeral home director, or, or mortician, and a medical examiner are all totally different things. Unless you're in a very rural area, in oh, which case, okay. like, you know, like, he's probably, like, he probably was a funeral home director, and then he did get elected to coroner because it's, like, who else is running for coroner in Grantham, right. Virginia? You right. know, like, he was able There's to get like that. like, one his, person with a skill set. Yeah. And then his son, being raised in the funeral home business, we find out that um, Tommy, the dad, his father started the business. So it's, like, the family business. So ostensibly, he was raised in the funeral home, and then he went to school. He became a medical examiner so he could help out with the autopsies. So again, that is my understanding, but they are above board, and they're very good at their job. And right now, Allison, they are photographing a horribly burned corpse to do an autopsy on it. And they're listening to rock and roll, specifically the song Midnight Black by the Temperance Movement, which is a bop, I will say that. And so, to a layperson, this corpse looks like the cause of death would be it is burned up like a hot dog that was left on the 7-Eleven spinny thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. But they're doing a full rundown. You know, and they find that he is, uh, the corpse has cataracts, the fingers are crooked, and there are no sign of defensive wounds. And so, Austin, the son's like, okay, okay well, there was smoke inhalation. We know that the house right. was burned. Like, obviously, he died of smoke inhalation based on the status of This is of a different lungs. death that just shows what they do for a living. This has nothing yes. to do with the house. With, okay, got it. Yes, the Jane Doe has yet to arrive. This is just, right. we're, we're, we're watching how thorough yes. they are. And what okay. we're taking away from this is, Austin is quick to be like, smoke inhalation, obviously, and that he was burned up. His father said, we have to do, we, you know, we have to go through everything. We okay. don't want to miss anything. We're incredibly thorough. Which I really appreciate. And that's how Waystar Royco became the company that it is. <laughs> exactly. I mean, attention to detail, you got to teach <laughs> to the next generation. 
And, um, you know, Tommy says, you know, let's take a wider view. They found him in the kitchen. The fire took a while to consume his home. He was on the floor and he didn't move. Why would that be true? Mm. And Austin realized, oh, he was already dead. And so basically, uh, Tommy takes him over to the corpse and they have opened up the brain. And he shows him he had a subdermal hematoma. So basically, he must have had a stroke either brought on by the smoke or brought on Mm -hmm. by the stress of the situation, dies, or at least goes unconscious, and then he is consumed by the smoke and the flame. Before he could even inhale that smoke, really. Which, honestly, they got for that guy. Wow. (laughs) Like, if he's like, he was already on his way out, he didn't have to sort of worry about the, he was probably dead before the fire got to him. If there's a fire, that's how I want to go. Absolutely. And so the lesson was, Tommy tells him, everybody has a secret. Some just hide them better than others. So they are looking for the secret within each body, Allison. And as they wrap up, um, Austin tells his dad, you know, he's headed to the movies with Emma, his girlfriend, and he teases dad, you know, like, what's the last time you even saw a movie, dad? And Tommy's like, oh, what was that movie? She has Alzheimer's and he's building her a house. It's The Notebook. And Tommy's like, oh, yeah, your mother made me go see the movie for her birthday and I fell asleep five minutes in. And of course... We have this moment we realize, okay, so his the mother is dead. You know, mm-hmm. Tommy's mm-hmm. wife has passed mm-hmm. away. And Tommy, in the, after this memory, kind of like gets perturbed. He's like, I'm going to go have a smoke. So he goes to the backyard, and he's smoking pensively alone. Obviously, he has some sort of trauma around his wife's death. We don't know what it is as of yet. And he leaves Austin to clean up. And as we he walks out, we see that at the, uh, the hallway of the morgue, comes to like a right angle. So in the very okay. corner, there's a convex mirror, like you'd see at a, at a hospital. So oh, so you can see what's be, coming around the corner. Exactly. So essentially, uh, so you don't run into someone with your stretcher, which has a corpse on it. Mm-hmm. So we see this several times. So obviously we know this is going to come into play. You know, it's, we're seeding this. Um, while Austin is loading this corpse into the corpse, <laughs> you know, Crisp drawer, you know. Wait, what did you say? Wagon? I didn't know what you meant. Um, yeah, like I those see. like slidey metal doors where you put them on a thing and you slide them inside. I have no yeah. idea what they're called. Corpse drawers. I want to call them. Corpse drawers. He hears a rumbling from inside the morgue's ventilation system. And he turns and we see the air duct has the grate removed. And there's something rattling around inside of the duct. No. Luckily, finally, we hear a meow, and Stanley the morgue cat leaps out with a dead rat in its mouth. Morgue which, cat? What is this? And bodega? I guess he's just, you know, I wouldn't, I don't know. I wouldn't let a cat near a corpse. I wouldn't for both for no. both the corpse and the cat's, you know what I mean, safety. Yeah, yeah. No, there no one benefits from a cat being around dead bodies. And we all can't we all kind of heard like if you die at home, you know, your, your cat will eat your face. Eat you. you can't be leaving corpses out. Yeah, it's like leaving, no. leaving food out for a dog. They're just gonna <laughs> eat it. Um, and he, Austin's like, oh, God, but he throws the rat into the biohazard garbage. Meanwhile, he hears, like, another rumbling, and we see that there is, like, an old-timey elevator. So one of those, like, um, you have to put the metal grate over the door. Um, Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, yes. And it's obviously big enough to put in a corpse, because they have to, like, wheel them down into the basement, into the morgue area. And he hears this rumbling, and he calls for his dad, thinking, oh, my, maybe my dad's coming back down. But he can't find him. And so he's, like, going down the hallway. He shuts off the light in his dad's office. And suddenly, Emma's girlfriend leaps out on him from behind, scaring him. And no he's like, cool joke. Pranks. It's a cool joke. And I'm like, fuck you. Yeah, I work up. at a morgue. Right. 
You're not allowed to scare me at work. This isn't Sunglass Hut. Like, it's a morgue. And she's like, how did you even get down there? He's like, oh, you left a key in the elevator. And this is the first time Emma has actually been down in the morgue. And even though it's the implications they've been dating for a while. And she's like, I didn't realize how old it would look down here. And, you know... I, to me, it's just sort of like, yeah, you got to get to know someone a little bit before you take them to see your dad's morgue. You know what I mean? That's not like yeah. a third date type of thing. Like, why would I take you ever to see the morgue? I work at the morgue, you know? Right. Well, also, like, we rarely go to our, like, partner's work. Like, yes. I've never been to, like, a boyfriend's <laughs> office. Like, right. Yeah. It'll be other for, like, maybe, like, a holiday party before maybe. COVID. But other than that. Yeah, like, other than ever. that. Like, so, like— let, and let alone, like, there, from what I can tell, weren't dead bodies in those offices. <laughs> like, I mean, I, yeah, having never been there, I guess they right. all could have dead I people. Say. I mean, we were all emotionally zombies, so we had to work at an office job. Yes, that's really uh, true. Shout out to everyone else have an office job they hate. Hang I, in there. I, I we're here for you. Um, please listen to our podcast while you do it. <laughs> and Emmy even says to Austin, like, you got to see me at my job. Why can't I see you at yours? And Austin's like, because you work at a bookstore. <laughs> like, I work <laughs> with corpses. <laughs> And Austin says, uh, she, you know, she kind of wanders in the, the morgue area. And um, she said, well, how are all those drawers have bodies in them? He's like, oh, no, we just have three bodies currently. And Emma asks, can I see one? No. And Austin's like, no, like some things you can't unsee. We, the audience, already had to see this burned up guy. You know, yeah. He's like, no, I'm not going to open this. However, Tommy arrives just then. He says, if you really want to see one, pick a body. Mm-hmm. And so Emma points to a door. And which, according to the label, holds Irene Daniels, who died of malignant mesothelioma, which I believe is the mm-hmm. cancer you get from asbestos. I think so. And he I've seen rolls it on, like, out a lot of ads for local lawyers. Right. If you've ever been around asbestos, and if you have vaginal mesh, yes, please call one of these lawyers, yes. and they can help you yes. out. And he rolls out Irene, who his mouth and eyes have been sewn shut. Mm. And Emma says. And I'm like, girl, you're overplaying your hand. She says, actually, I picked the other drawer next to it. And she insists on Austin opening the other drawer. And if I'm him, I'm like, oh, do you have like a kink? Are you dating me because you want to see dead bodies? Like, yeah, that's a deal. That's a deal breaker, gentlemen. That's a deal breaker, ladies. Yeah. And but if she wants to see multiple dead bodies at your work, (laughs) that's a deal breaker, breaker, ladies. Guys, in this case, like that's a deal breaker, gents. Yeah, I would be like, no, but instead he does. And we see that it's Louis Tannis, who died of strychnine poisoning. Uh, and when he rolls out the body, it's covered in a sheet with a, it has a little bell on its ankle. And where yeah. the face is, the sheet has kind of fallen into a pit. And we see the face is like, um, it's not there anymore. It's just mm-hmm. a maw, like a bloody hole. Yeah. And uh, the sheet's fallen into it and is stained with blood. Mm. And Emma says, well, why is there a bell on its ankle. And Tommy says, Make sure he's dead. There used to be a time it was hard to tell a comatose person from a dead one. So coroners tied bells to everybody in the morgue. So if they heard a ting, they knew somebody down there wasn't quite ready to go. So why do you have one? Um, I'm, I'm a bit of a traditionalist. Hearing things like that also, it reminds me that I am like so deeply grateful to be alive today and not oh. 150 years ago. <laughs> Every part of science that we have yes. is, we should be wake up every day and just list 10 things that science has given us. And in this case, the answer, the, one of them is, don't have to wake up in a coffin under the ground screaming. Yes, yes. And because I was in a coma 
And then they they find you, the, like they open it back up and you've clawed the door, Clock. the, the top, it's too late, famously no. from the urban, the urban myth. Um, and Emma says, well, why do you put a sheet over it? And Tommy says, well, you know, a, a point blank gunshot blast, there isn't much of a face left to cover. It's like, Emma, why are you so, like, whatever what? it is, I almost feel like yeah. I'd be like, it's none of your business. Like, yes. Right. This person died horribly. Like, what's with the third degree? Also, like, are you? So, I know that like there's like doctor patient confidentiality, but like, are you supposed to just be like talk about people's shit like to That's strangers if you're a coroner? Like, I feel like there is some kind of like coroner corpse confidentiality. Boy, could somebody write in with that? Um, I don't yeah. think there is, just because I think that they're dead, and I yeah. think that there's. You think um, they're dead? <laughs> I know. I think they're well. I, well, you'll find out. I think they're dead uh. at this point, and um. I think because they're dead, I think that it's not like it, it, like you can find out after someone's dead. There's something like that. Tell me if I'm yeah, wrong, yeah, yeah. and listeners. There's something with true yeah, crime. We're not like, lawyers. What's there's we're like the lawyers. laws change. Like the laws only protect the living, or I don't know. Okay. And Tommy <laughs> says this is a good example of what we've already learned, which is you have to keep looking. You have to do a thorough autopsy. Tommy informs her that they assume it was a suicide because obviously this person had been shot in the face until they found strychnine in his body, which means. Somebody poisoned him before he was shot. Oh. And Emma says, well, why would they do that? And Tommy tells her, the whys are for the cops and the shrink. Cops and the shrinks, we just determine the cause of death. So ostensibly, this person was poisoned and then killed in a way that's to look like suicide. Yeah. Which is horrible. Every yeah. death year has been horrible so far. Yeah, these are all traumatizing. And so Emma starts to lift the sheet over this corpse's face. And Austin tries to stop her. But Tommy's like, no, no, go let her do it if she wants to do it. And just as she starts to lift the sheet, Austin rings the bell on the corpse's ankle. And, and Emma, like, jumps out of her skin. <laughs> and so I'm like, oh, I, like, I got you back or whatever. And so yes. they finally head out for the movie theater. But just as they're about to get on the elevator, Sheriff Burke arrives with the body of the Jane Doe. Okay. And Austin goes to his dad. He's like, do you want me to stay? I can help you. And Tommy's like, no, go to the movies. I can handle it. You know, don't worry about it. But Austin is obviously like, I don't know. Like, I don't want to leave my dad here. It's like, he's going to be here all night and, you know, whatever. Like, the sheriff looked really upset, you know. And he says even Who like— he plays went, the sheriff? He looked kind of familiar. I don't know if it's just like a character up. actor that we've seen before. It's not someone Probably. famous, though, right? I don't think so. I guess what 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 level of famous? Because I I was right. uh, Dave the um, uh, boyfriend of the pod was watching um, the new Boba Fett, and I we recognized Stu the Meat Man from Stranger with Candy, and in my mind, oh yeah, that's still oh famous. that's how I'll always know it. I knew him as Stu Stu the Meat Man or Andrew from Veep. Oh yes, but yeah. either way, an incredible character actor. All right, um, let's see. I will look up who it is. But like real this quick. guy at first pass looked like a younger Craig T. Nelson, which is not who it is. <laughs> um, but All right. but then He's I was like, got that is, oh, yeah, here we go. He is familiar. All right, so his name is Michael McElhatton. Michael McElhatton. And he's an Irish actor and writer, and he's best known for playing the role of Roos Bolton on the HBO series Game of Thrones. Wow. I didn't watch Game of Thrones, didn't see it. But if you know Roos Bolton, that was him. Hi. And um, yeah, I would say um, uh, he was in Albert Nobbs. Let's see. A lot of these in The Zookeeper's Wife. A lot of, at least he's done right. a lot. He's of, been he, around. Real Time was the most sure. recent thing. Justice League. Um, yeah, he, he's been in right. some stuff. He was kind of familiar. Um, yes, he has that face. And he's great in this. Uh, you know, right. he's always oh, in The Last Duel. Okay, that's where I, I feel like I saw him in the... Anywho. 
great, great actor, great in this movie. Um, and uh, Austin says to Emma, you know, Sheriff Burke wouldn't be here this late with the body if it wasn't important. And I'm like, but where would they put the body then? If, like, the implication of that yeah. statement is, oh, well, he would have, they would have put him somewhere else. And I'm like, where else would they put where? it but the morgue? And also, like, they're not going to be like, we'll just keep this in the station until they open at nine. Like, no. it's not like, that's not how this works. Like, you're kind of always on call if this is your yeah, job. Yeah. If you're the hey, only game again, in town. Yeah, I've never dealt with a morgue. I don't I don't know how nope. it works or whatever. But basically, Austin is sort of like, oh, I probably should stay. And Emma says, okay, so you're going to ditch me. Like, what is your dad going to do when you leave the business? And she looks at Austin, who kind of looks cheapest. And it was like, you didn't tell him that you're planning to leave. And he's like, nah, I didn't bring it up yet. And Emma says to him, it's been two years. He will be fine. And we're like, two years. We realize it's two years since um, Tommy's wife died. Wife died. And so Austin obviously is like, he wants to go either move out of town or move on in some other part of his career. But like, he feels like, oh, after this horrible thing happened, I have to stay here. Mm-hmm. And he tells her as such, he's like, go ahead, we'll go to the late show, and then I'll take you out to this, like, bar, and I'll get you drinks, and it'll be fun. And she's like, okay. Like, she's a little bit mad, but she's like, obviously, that's fine. Like, you know, right. just call me when you're done here. And so they're in for the evening to do the autopsy of okay. this Jane Doe. In the, uh, you know, as they have her on the, put her on the slab, Sheriff Burke t- uh, gives Tommy the rundown on the Jane Doe. No ID, no fingerprints in the system. Found her in the basement of the Douglas's home. And the third body, dead body, well, I guess fourth dead body, the third person who is not Jane Doe that was found in the house was Alvarez, a contractor that was working on the home. So his mm-hmm. thing is, I don't think it was the Douglases. this contractor must have killed the Jane Doe and was burying her in the basement to sort of get rid of the body. And the Douglases surprised him when they came home. That's his, like, you know, sort okay. of... It, I and mean, it kinda, that tracks from a logic standpoint. Absolutely. I mean, one might argue that it looked more like he was accidentally digging her body up after doing yes. some work on the foundation of the home. But f- for sure. this point of the film, yes, he— They didn't it, see that, so, yeah. And it kind of reminds me, there's this Canadian serial killer that they found where he's a landscaper. You may have heard about this. And um, he—eventually they caught him and everything. Bruce MacArthur— and they, he used his landscaper job to bury the bodies in all these different areas. Whoa. Smart. And it's like sort of like the perfect job because you already had all this equipment. Yeah. And they even You're working weird some, hours. You're digging yeah, around. Nobody's, yeah, nobody's found it weird. Like, oh, yeah, I mean, you're, there's some guys in our yard digging around. Sure, that's, yeah. we hired him to do that. To the point where, Allison, they found dismembered parts of these poor people's bodies in these big planters at his own friend's home. That what? he had done. Oh, I like, did work read for about her. this. Yes, and it's like Awful. good God. But okay, so yeah. we're saying maybe that's what he was doing. Like, okay, I, I'm already doing this work. I'm going to pour concrete over it. No one will ever know. Which probably right. has happened a bunch. Let's be honest. Absolutely. As they put, as soon as put, as put as they put, as soon as they put <laughs> Jane Doe on the slab, Stanley the morgue cat starts yowling and is clearly distressed. This is our, as the audience, our first like moment of like, like well, the cat doesn't like her. Well, then obviously something is up. Um, And Austin's like, well, Austin comes back down and he suits back up and he's like, you know, I'd like to see the crime scene sometime. Like, I feel like that would help if we don't know who this person is. Like, what if we got to go? And and, and Austin's like, no, like, all we need is a body. If we have the body, we could figure out how this person died. 
And Burke says, I need you two to find out what that'll happen, and I need it tonight because the press is up my ass. <laughs> and it does look bad to have the unified murdered body of, you know, some woman nobody knows in the basement of this house. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You know, look. he's probably like, it's going to be a lot, a lot of red tape for me if I have to deal yeah. with this. Like, this is about me, <laughs> Sheriff Burke. And so finally, Tommy starts to videotape the autopsy. They videotape all of them. And he identifies himself, Tommy Tilden, the attending coroner, and Austin Tilden, certified medical technician. We find out, Allison, I don't know if this is real, but the autopsy will be detected in four stages. External evaluation, internal evaluation of the heart and lungs, the digestive tract, and finally, the brain. That sounds real. Yeah, it sounds plausible. They start looking. Allison, she looks like she just died. There are no markings. There is no... Her skin looked incredible. She looks incredible. It's like somebody's I mean, been using their serums. <laughs> she looks fabulous. Her hair looks great. Like everything, yeah, yeah, she yeah. doesn't have a mark on her, you know? And so, when he, but when he lifts her eyelids, her eyes are milky. And Tommy's mm-hmm. like, that's unusual because you usually don't see clouding like that until a body has been dead for days. But she has no lividity and no rigor mortis, which means she's only be, been dead like less than two hours. Like once she's been dead, all these right. things start to, she starts right, right, to break right. down immediately. Austin also notices that Jane Doe's waist is extremely small, more so than makes okay. sense for her frame. And it's Tommy's like, like, well, great skin and a tiny waist. It's like, you did it, girl. Right, exactly. You you went out on top. I mean, we should all be so lucky. You think, this, you think the, our autopsies are going to be quite as forgiving? No, they're going to be like, no. oh, girl. She really it's let like herself go. like someone let herself go. Yeah, let herself <laughs> go into a hole in somebody's basement. Um, and Tommy's like, well, it could be congenital. Once we, like, start the internal evaluation, we can look at a rib cage and see what it looks like. Um, also, I should add, they keep all their notes, like, on a big— they have, like, photos they keep on a um, corkboard, mm-hmm. and then they keep mm-hmm. all their notes on a big chalkboard with an outline of the drawing on it. It's sort of like a Bones episode, but, like, yeah. very fun. So it helps us, the audience, keep track. The first thing they notice, Allison, is that her wrists and ankles are all fractured. However, there's no external bruising. There's no marks. They're thinking, okay, so this woman was bound. Unfortunate, but again, that's kind of like a serial killer thing. Yeah. It's just very odd that we don't see it on the outside of her skin. They also find under her finger and toenails, as well as in her hair, peat. And Austin's like, well, where do you find peat? And Tom says, well, in nature, you'd have to like go, because they're in Virginia, it's like, it's like more right. of a thing, something in the north. But here yeah. you could buy it in a nursery, like if you're a contractor. You know, maybe she was, okay. bu- he buried her in it. He had her hidden somewhere. Sure. Allison, unfortunately, they then open Jane Doe's mouth, and her tongue has been cut out. No. And Tommy's like, well, unfortunately, I have seen this before. 15 years ago, when I was working in Norfolk, I saw two women who were murder victims. They were the victims of human trafficking. They also had their limbs bound, and their tongues had been cut out as part of this, you know, I mean, organized crime, like, horrific, like, people who were victimized, these people. So he's like— that's starting to make me think, okay, so maybe this guy was a part of that. This woman was trafficked, and then she was killed, yeah. you know, and now he's trying to dump her body. Awful shit. But again, all seems like something that could actually happen. Right. As they're taking a photo of the tongue, a fly crawls out of Jane Doe's nose, and it's kind of like no. a little bit of blood, which I guess is normal, and no. then starts flying around the morgue. Awful. Absolutely awful. They also the fly that- isn't normal, is it? Or just the blood is normal? Or is the fly normal? I think they're thinking either way is fine. They're like, this isn't normal. To me, I was like, oh, my God. But they don't react to it. So I'm like, all right. All right. I guess that's just something that happens. I thought it was weird, but I'm not a coroner. That's just um, me. Yet. (laughs) Please vote for me in 2024. (laughs) Um, Hallie for coroner. 
<laughs> yeah, I don't know what I'm doing, but I promise I'll try very hard. Um, they also notice that Jane Doe is missing a molar, and they decide we're going to take a mold of her teeth. And while they're doing that, Tommy pulls a thread out of her throat, and they bag it. Everything they find in and on her yeah. body, they, they're sending it to the lab. So they put it aside, send it to the lab. Then Tommy has to do a vaginal exam of the corpse, which I will just say, yuck. No Absolutely yucks. Thanks. So he said, well, there's uh, no there's no visible seminal fluid, like, to the eye. Right. But unfortunately, Allison, she's torn up inside. There are ridges, grooves in the tissue, deliberate no. cuts. No. And so Austin's like, okay, so shattered limbs, severed tongue, vaginal trauma— I, I think you're right. I think this is some sort of, like, she was trafficked and then yeah. murdered, like, tortured, it seems like. And Tommy says, no, we've, we're barely done with the external examination. Let's not jump to any conclusions. Hmm. So, finally, they're moving on to the internal examination, and Tommy gets out a scalpel to cut through Jane uh, Doe's sternum. Yeah. Just then, the lights flicker. They hear sort of staticky screaming through the radio. <laughs> and then a creepy song starts playing, which goes... Um, lyrics are, Mommy told me something that every girl should know. It's all about the devil and how I hate him so. Open up your heart and let the sun shine in. And the song is, Open up your heart and let the sun shine in by the Cowboy Church Sunday School, which every word of that no. seems like, again, like yeah, just something from SNL or something. Like, it would yes. be like, a strange It doesn't feel joke. real. No. So Austin like, it's like, oh, it must be something wrong with the radio, switches over to rock and roll. And Tommy proceeds to cut into the corpse's sternum. Allison, dark red blood starts gushing out. Which even, no. I don't know much about it, but I know if somebody's dead, you can't bleed. You know? Yeah. And Austin similarly is shocked, but Tommy's like, I have seen this before. If she has been less dead than less than a few hours, like, the body, the pressure in the body will, like, push the blood out. So she's not actually yeah. bleeding. It just looks like she's it's bleeding. Just, right. But right. again. He's got an answer for everything so far. Exactly. But even he's like, that would imply that she was only dead a couple hours, which we already know can't be possible. Like, they found right. her this morning. Like, we already know she's dead longer than that. Yes. Or do we? Mm. Now that she's bleeding, Austin takes a blood sample and puts it in the fridge. And uh, Tommy cuts, you know, through her serum. And in the inside of Jane Doe's skin, we see it's sort of like, there's like a black substance, like, between her skin mm -hmm. and the subcutaneous fat. Next layer. And Austin's like, could it be melanoma? And Tommy says, like, on the inside of her skin? Like, I, I guess it's possible. But again, we would see something on the outside of her body. Yeah. But again, that's for the lab. She to looked like she up. had never been in the sun. Exactly. She looked fabulous. She fabulous. looked like she bathed in sunblock. Austin <laughs> takes a sample of the black stuff and then to the same fridge that so he just put the blood sample in. He opens it. The blood sample has dumped all over the fridge. And so, of course, he assumes, oh, great, the, the vial flipped over and sprayed blood everywhere. But when he right. looks at it, the sample is standing upright and it still has a top on. How, so, did it, how did it do with that? How did it do, Allison? How did it do? How did um, it go? Wait, like, so the vial is intact, but the blood is not on the inside of the vial anymore. It's all over the fridge? Right. So it's like the vial couldn't hold the blood. Okay. Ostensibly. Austin, we're assuming, you know, he just thinks the vial has a crack in it. And he's like, great. And I have a huge mess. So he's taking things out. Like, oh, all this, like, blood and, like, organs from the other. Like, cleaning a regular fridge sucks. I would like, be onion, throwing Random onion skin and, like, Ugh. like and, salt water that, like, no. Yeah, you know, and they, they probably have to clean it every day, I imagine, just to, like. You have to. You have to stay on top of it. 
And so Tommy starts digging around in the corpse's torso. And he's like, no, her waist being small isn't congenital. It looks like it's the result of long-term compression, which looks I would associate with, like, corset use. To which Austin says, didn't those go out of style a couple hundred years ago? According to TikTok, no. And I don't know what there's just yeah, my TikTok right. feed. Everybody was wearing corsets now. Everybody's buying them. Everyone's like, this is fun. Not for me. Nope. As Austin cleans up the fridge, Tommy uses the rib cutters to crack open okay. the corpse's rib cage. And they find her lungs are severely blackened. Like, way worse, but this is not, you know, than just smoking. Right. It's as if she was in a terrible fire. But again, the outside of her body looks completely fine. And if that wasn't bad enough, Allison, her heart looks like it has been scarred and cut. And there's scar tissue all over her internal organs. Okay. And Tommy says, okay, so the the thing that's catching us up is that all this trauma is not represented on the outside. Well, if if this trauma was represented, what would we be seeing? And Austin's like, she would be mangled beyond belief. Like, we would be, like, it would almost be impossible to tell how she died. She has all these different things. And Tommy says, yeah, if you wanted to kill someone, you'd shoot them or stab them. You don't go to all these lengths unless you want to make them suffer. Just then, Allison, they hear banging in the hallway outside. And Austin goes to check it out. And when he glances up at the convex mirror, he sees a figure standing around the corner. No. A figure that sure looks like an extremely pale, nude woman. Which brings me to my question, Allison. What would you do? What would you do? I mean, I would go back and get my dad and be like, leave everything where it is. We're going upstairs and we're calling the police. I don't be like, you're out of there. Like, I'd be like, grab my dad by the scruff of his lab coat, throw him in the elevator and get the fuck out of there. Yeah, right. I don't care what happens to the the corpses. Like, they're they're already already dead. dead. It's fine. We can abandon them. Exactly. Like, let's go get some people who have weapons and let them figure out what's going on and we will run away. Yeah, like, worst comes to worst, you just throw the corpse in one of the corpse drawers. It's going to be fine. Right. It's not going anywhere. It's not going anywhere. To see that, something that no. is impossible. No. But no. unfortunately, Allison, as we've seen in other horror movies, they are limited, they, their vision is limited by the scientific lens they put on the world. Mm. All right, people, we all know the stakes of the 2024 election are high, whether it's keeping the Senate, taking back the House, or stopping Republicans at the state level. If you're ready to make a real difference, sign up for Vote Save America's 2024 volunteer program. And just to make it interesting, we're pitting you against each other. Vote Save America will sort you onto a team east or west, and you'll compete with a community of other volunteers to maximize your impact on the ground with opportunities tailored to you and the causes you care about. The team with the highest volunteering staff could secure the biggest prize of all, the continuation of American democracy. Head to votesaveamerica.com slash 2024 now and get ready to organize or else. This message has been paid for by Vote Save America. You can learn more at votesaveamerica.com and this ad has not been authorized by any candidate or candidate's committee. So Austin, baffled, creeps around the corner only to see, of course, nothing. Then he hears all this other banging and clanging down the hall. Back in the morgue, Tommy accidentally cuts his wrist on the jagged edge of a cracked rib bone. I would puke. I would puke. I'd be puking this whole time. Yeah. Not stop vomiting. Tommy runs to wash it off, and Austin realizes the clanging is coming from inside an air duct, so he gets up on a chair, and he peers into the darkness, and it's this great POV shot 
of him like carefully peering into a darkened duct and we see something start to crawl out of the duct towards him. And so Austin, of course, freaks out. He topples off the chair and his dad runs in like, what the hell are you doing? And something is in the vent and they grab a flashlight and unfortunately they find a terribly injured Stanley the morgue cat. Oh, And Tommy, and so I think they're like, oh, did a rat attack him? Like, was he injured? You know, some sort of, something happened again that was semi-normal. Yeah. And Tommy holds Stanley and I'm thinking, ah, this poor guy, his wife died and now he's spending one last time with his cat. And then Tommy just snaps Stanley's neck to put the cat out of his misery. Okay. I'm like, I take it to the vet and have him put it down. Like, yeah, I why do you have to like violently kill it? So they go over to the crematorium and they and they turn it on and they send Stanley off to that great hereafter by throwing him into the crematorium. Oh, and cat heaven. A little, little tiny cat heaven filled with rats. And Tommy says, I just need a break. And he sort of like takes a breather. When Austin goes back into the morgue, Allison, one of the corpse drawers has swung open. Mm. But again, he's like, I must not have closed it all the way. And so when his dad comes back in, he closes it. And they're like, all right, suit back up. We're going back in for more autopsy. Oh, God. And Tommy says, sort of, ha- you know, offhandedly, like, Stanley was your mother. It's one of the last things I had of hers left, you know. And Austin's like, okay, great. So this is my, in- we could have a conversation about my mom. You know, like, he doesn't, yeah. clearly doesn't want to. But, you know, he's like, you know, I miss her too. And Tommy's like, all right, well, let's get back to work. Like, immediately sort of brushes off the moment. Mm-hmm. And as we know in every other horror movie, Tommy has not dealt with his grief over his wife's death, you know? Right. And as you think, like, horror movies are a great way to learn A story and B story if you're trying to write. It's like the A story, they're doing an autopsy. B story, father and son struggle with unresolved grief over a mother's death. Like, yes. it's sort of like, yes. these are the two Very. things that are running parallel and unfortunately are going to converge at a certain point. Yes. Allison, we are now on stage three of the autopsy of Jane Doe. But Austin's, like, in his feelings, and now he can't let go. Now that he's had this moment of talking about his mother, he's, like, wants to do it more. And he tells him, like, his father, you can talk to me. You don't have to put up this act with me and pretend to be so tough. And Tommy says, I'm not keeping anything from you. Can we just keep going and get this done? And Austin's like, all right, but I'm just letting you know. I'm here if you want to talk. They open up Jane Doe's stomach, and inside, there is a flower. A flower? A desiccated sort of rotten flower, but it, obviously a flower. And right. Tommy says, basically, to the bookshelf. And luckily, <laughs> because you know this in every horror movie, I fucking love this. They have a bookshelf of like all books that you would yes. need in this exact scenario. Yes, yes. Random, uh, like out of town flora. Like, yes, <laughs> and that's 100% what it is. They run over the bookshelf and they open it and he flips pretty much immediately to the page they want. And it's a Jimson weed. It's sure. a paralyzing a- agent. And they're like, oh my God, she was probably forced to eat this. It was a paralyzing agent. It explains all the inflammation in her organs, all the damage. But they're not from around here, Allison. They're kind of from more up in the northeast part of America. Hmm. Yes, a very familiar area. <laughs> yes, you know, the north. And Tommy's like, she's from up north. Yeah, but how'd she end up here? One thing at a time. Just trying to make sense of all this. Allison, while this is happening, on the radio, we hear that there's a huge storm starting to roll in. 60-mile-an-hour winds, driving Boy. rain. And Austin's like, okay, so, like, how about we finish this in the morning? Like, you know, yeah. the power's going to go get out. Let's get out of here. Let's just get the fuck out of here. Let's get out of this basement morgue we're working in during well, a storm. Exactly. And Tommy says, no, we're not even close to being done, and Sheriff Burke needs a cause of death tonight. Once we start selling, we finish it. 
if you want to leave, you can leave. But of course, Austin cannot leave his father. Of course. No. He, in any yeah. sense of the word. Um, next, Tommy open, goes back into Jane Joe's stomach and he finds a piece of fabric wrapped around a tooth. And they realize a couple cool. different things. One, it's her tooth that has been oh. pulled out of her mouth. Great. And the fabric is uh, uh, sort of uh, covered in symbols and various occult runes. And bitch, you know I love a rune. Who doesn't love a rune? And Austin says, it looks like some kind of shroud. But the thing is, if she'd eaten this while she was alive, it's so delicate, her stomach acid should have dissolved it. And they're trying to read it. And they're like, oh, is, is that Roman numerals? But it's kind of written in a way that's inscrutable. So they're not exactly sure what it is. And Austin's like, okay, I'm just going to say it. Somebody took her tooth, wrapped it in this fabric with all these occult symbols and forced her to swallow it. This seems ritualistic. Like, this seems like somebody was, like, performing a ritual on her. Yes. And I would just like now to, so I wrote, shout out to actress Olwyn Catherine Kelly, who plays Jane Doe, and has to be nude the entire time, Oof. as well as show Bush. Like, you see your Bush. I mean, it's oh, done, wow. tastefully done. She looks fabulous. Sure. But to be like, okay, you're it's not going to get one goddamn line in this movie, and you will be fully nude the entire time. You're going to look great. Your hair is going to look great. Everything about it. I'll give but, you a nice um, merkin. I hope she made. I, I hope. I hope she got more than the day rate because I was like, you must be freezing. Yeah. First of all, oh, God. second of all, yes. again. And Tommy says, okay, so let's go from there. If it is a ritual, what is it for? Why were these things do done to her? Walk me through what we know. Austin says, okay, they first they bound her. They cut out her tongue. They poisoned her with jimson weed. They forced her to, um, they stabbed her. They followed her to, They forced her to swallow the pouch with the tooth mm-hmm. in it. And as if mm-hmm. that wasn't bad enough, clearly based on her lungs, they burned her in some capacity. And he said, it's almost like it was a human sacrifice. Maybe mm. if we could find out. And, and again, Austin is pushing, if we could find out why she was tortured, maybe we could figure out her cause of death. Right. And Tommy says, no, if down here, if you can't see it or touch it, it doesn't matter. Obviously, Allison, we know that's not true because we watch horror oh, movies. We do. Well, you do. Um, and, but you've heard about a lot of them. Yeah. And Austin's kind of arguing with his father. Like, these bodies aren't just causes of death. There's a reason that somebody did this. She was a real person. This was done to her for a specific reason. And that could offer us insight. And they're arguing about it. And as they're arguing, the radio goes to static again. And he pl- plays that creepy... Mommy mm-hmm. taught me about the devil song. No. She's playing, open up your heart and let the sun shine in. And finally, Austin's like, I think we really should just get out of here. Like, the radio keeps cutting out. Like, yes. obviously, the power is going to go out. And they it's are saying on the radio, flash flood warnings. You know, like, awful shit's happening. Let's just go home and, and sort of hunker down for the storm. Unfortunately, Allison, just then, Tommy notices something. And he asks Austin to help him fully peel the skin of Jane's Doe's torso away from the subcutaneous fat. When they okay. do, Allison, we see either written or tattooed on the inside of her skin Mm-mm. dozens of ornate or cane symbols. Mm-mm. So they're not visible from the outside. And it's like, how would somebody have done this to her? Truly how? Just then, half of the light bulbs in the morgue shatter at once. There's an explosion of glass, and the room is sent into total darkness. Oh, Things have gone from bad to worse. So they're like, oh, great. There's been an electrical surge because of the storm. And now we're fucking, you know, stuck down here, covered in glass. Austin finds a flashlight and he's able to get his dad. And, he, and finally, Tommy's like, okay, let's get the fuck out of here. You're right. We can't finish yes. this. Like, Yes. Thank you. We're, yeah. Things have gone from bad to worse. As they're waking their way to the door, Allison, in the beam of Austin's flashlight, we see all of the doors of the corpse drawers are standing wide open. And they are right. all empty. Good. So, 
We've got Jane Doe. She's still on the slab. And we got three corpses, and they are mm-hmm. loose, loosey-goosey. They're hanging loose in this morning. Hanging out. They're out and around. Now is their time. So they get to the hallway, and the power has been dipping out and off. Like, the lights keep flickering, and the power goes out completely. Luckily, they have a generator, so there are some ambient lights, but there's not enough power to run the elevator. Oh, God. And so I'm thinking, there better be a set of stairs. This is a fire hazard. I mean, yeah, just from a legal standpoint. Right. Even if there wasn't a cursed stairs. autopsy, you you right. need it just in case there's uh, ever a problem. Stairs. And they're like, oh, fuck. I guess you have to stay down here. Just then they hear a tremendous crash and break, breaking glass from the morgue. And so they run up the stairs. Unfortunately, when they run up the stairs and they get to, like, the landing at the top, the door, which is like a cellar door, like, like you know, sort of the two double doors that open outside, mm-hmm. it is jammed mm-hmm. shut. And they're able to sort no. of force it open a little bit. And unfortunately, a tree in the old sycamore in the backyard has fallen over and trapped and shut the door closed. So they cannot push the tree off of it. So they are now Should have officially trapped. 100% officially trapped in the morgue. And Tommy's yelling at him, like, you just got to push harder. Unfortunately, Austin is distracted because he can hear somebody obviously shuffling behind them at the bottom of the stairs. Mm-mm. Austin is like, fuck this. He checks his phone. No bars. They have no right. bars on their cell phone. But Tommy says, let's go to the office. There's a landline. God bless a landline in moments like this. Makes me want one. They make their way down the hall. And then they finally end up sprinting down and locking the door behind them. They're able to get a call out to the sheriff's office. And Tommy's like, Burke, you got to get here as soon as you can. Get over the morgue. We're in bad, bad shape. But the line, of course, cuts out. Of course. Leaving them trapped there and essentially forced to wait the night in the office. Allison, no. in the hallway, they hear a sound. And it's a bell jingling and jangling and ring ting tangling too. Mm-mm, mm-mm, and mm-mm. they could hear someone shuffling. They hear the bell ringing. Austin gets down and sort of peeps under the door like the little sliver. And we see the corpse's foot, complete with the bell no. and the toe tag, step in front of the door. And then the corpse just goes fucking nuts and starts banging on the door. And they have to sort of push, push a file cabinet in front of them. So not only the Jane Doe stuff, the other corpses right. are up and about and yeah. trying to get to them. Yeah. No. I don't like it. And finally, Austin, he calls it, and he's like, it's her. Everything was totally normal until Burke wheeled her down in here, until we cut into that body. And Tommy's like, no, we're talking about a corpse. Obviously, it's like, dude, like, you have to, at this point, a corpse <sighs> like is animate suspend, and trying to attack you. Yeah, suspend everything else you know about life and death and just go with what's in front of you, which is a corpse yes. is banging on your door. And isn't that a kind of science to, to trust what's in front of you and, mm-hmm. and, and take your cues from it? Yes. And just then, uh, Tommy notices that the cut on his wrist from the rib bone is like gushing blood. Oh, so yeah. he runs into the adjoining bathroom and he's washing it off. Unfortunately, as he's doing that, Austin has to like hold the file cabinet against the door. And he's like, those injuries, she's obviously not just a body, even though you wanted to say that about all everybody. We should have left. I wanted to leave. And we understand that on more than one. I wanted to leave yes. both literally yes. right now yes, and also man. in life. Yes. Just then, Tommy notices the shower curtain moving in the bathroom. And as Austin turns and he says, Dad, no, Tommy rips the shower curtain back. (laughs) There's nothing there. It was just a breeze. Unfortunately, there is something standing in the darkness behind him, and it attacks Tommy and slams the door shut. And so Austin's banging, runs over, starts banging on the bathroom door, like screaming, Dad, Dad, as um, Tommy gets his ass absolutely kicked. 
attacked by one of the corpses, like thrown against the his head hits the mirror and shatters. Do we know like which one it is, or does it matter? Well, so finally, uh, okay. Austin's able to get in, and he goes to. He's like, "What happened?" And Tommy said, "It had her eyes, those gray eyes." So I think okay. we're to think that it is, in fact, Jane Doe. Yeah, we. It's hard to say. We don't actually see who it is, but obviously, okay. whatever it is, is you know, and up and around. Austin says. Tommy's like, well, that's not possible. How would it be her? And Austin says, we're way past possible. Yeah. And Tommy's like, all right, I accept what you're telling me. What do we do? A great question. Let's move on. Let's come yes. up with some solutions. Right. How so, and why is no longer important. We're just getting through. Just then, Allison, they hear a thud, and the file cabinet gets pushed away from the office door, and the office door pops open. But there's nothing there. So they slowly creep into the hallway and they find the sheet that was covering, you know, Mr. Jingle Jangle's face. Yes. And it's just dropped sort of, you know, uh, on the ground. So he's all loose. And for reasons I will never understand, they go back into the morgue. I guess, what what other options do they have? You know, they had to go. Yeah. They can't get out. There's only like two other rooms. Jane Doe is still there. She's on the slab. And they've noticed that all of her organs, like her heart and stuff that they've removed from her body, have started rapidly decomposing. And Austin says, it's almost like her body was preserving them. And Tommy says, the best damn idea we've heard this entire movie. And Tommy says, let's get her to the crematorium. Yeah, just throw her in there. Unfortunately, as they're sort of getting her together for transport, just to wheel her down the hallway to the crematorium, Allison, they don't notice the morgue door slowly closing behind them. Which brings me to my question. Allison, who will survive? Who will survive? This feels like the kind of movie where, like, no one's, like, the, the, the sheriff is the lone, or the detective or whoever brought her in is the lone survivor. Okay. Um, and that there's, like, a mystery to, like, what happened here. Yes. Like, that she or whatever kills all of them. And, like, the mystery of, like, her deal. Like, we learn what her deal is, but, mm-hmm. like, that other people alive in the world of the movie don't. I think that makes sense. So we're saying Austin and Tommy dead, Sheriff Brooks yes. surviving. How do we feel yes. about Emma, the girlfriend? I think she'll survive. It feels okay. like a like an outsider's live, insider's die, is yeah. my theory. <laughs> yeah, once you're already trapped in the morgue, you know. I just don't see a lot of options. Well, and they every time there is an option, it's immediately shut down. It's, so yeah, I think it's you're immediately right. ruined. Yes. All right, people. We all know the stakes of the 2024 election are high, whether it's keeping the Senate, taking back the House, or stopping Republicans at the state level. If you're ready to make a real difference, sign up for Vote Save America's 2024 volunteer program. And just to make it interesting, we're pitting you against each other. Vote Save America will sort you onto a team east or west, and you'll compete with a community of other volunteers to maximize your impact on the ground with opportunities tailored to you and the causes you care about. The team with the highest volunteering staff could secure the biggest prize of all, the continuation of American democracy. Head to votesaveamerica.com slash 2024 now and get ready to organize or else. This message has been paid for by Vote Save America. You can learn more at votesaveamerica.com, and this ad has not been authorized by any candidate or candidate's committee. 
so they don't notice the morgue door shutting, but they absolutely notice when they hear the door lock and Austin immediately freaks out and he grabs, um, there's like a fire axe and he grabs the axe and he starts hacking apart the door. Unfortunately, when he stops and he sort of peers through the hole in the door, we see Irene's sewn together eyes and mouth, little corpse Irene, and she wrenches open her mouth to just scream in his face. No. And... You know, so again, but these these are men of science. They're coming up with different stratagem. Austin drops the axe and says, fuck it. And he just starts, he takes a highly flammable liquid. What kind? I don't know. It just says on the container. And he starts dumping it directly on a Jane Doe's body. And Tommy lights a match and he sets her alight. Unfortunately, Allison, they are locked in the morgue now with not only uh, some sort of supernatural corpse, but also fire. Yeah. So the flames explode onto the ceiling. They start consuming the video camera. Their board of evidence starts to go up. And they have finally have to grab a fire extinguisher and put it out. And when they turn back to Jane Doe, her body still does not have a mark on her, even though she was fully okay. on fire. So you think there used to be like a scorch mark. Right. Okay. Just then. Confusing. Extremely confusing. Just then they hear the elevator start to descend. <gasps> and I've talked about this, but this is why I love this movie. And it, this is my kind of horror movie where it's like, you don't have a moment to pause and be yeah, like, oh, we're safe. Yeah, it's Stop. From now on out, they are not never safe, and they constantly have to figure out what am I going to do to escape this situation. And they're like, "Fuck it!" If the elevator is coming down, if there's enough power, let's go. So uh, Austin grabs the fire axe, and they make their way down to the hallway to the elevator through the now mysteriously unlocked door. Yes. And the electricity keeps fading in and out. So like as they race the elevator, the elevator keeps stopping. And right as they get there, the doors close, and the elevator starts to raise again. And in the mirror, we see a corpse walking down the hallway again, its little foot dangling and dangling, and its face an open maw. Yeah. Tommy, you know, being the father, is like, all right, this is on me. He grabs the axe from Austin, and he's ready to fucking go. When Luckily, the elevator comes back down, and they're able to get inside, but then the power goes out again, so the doors are open, and they cannot go. So they are trapped in the—now even more trapped in the elevator. Yeah, this is this a very small space. It, is shambling up to them. And so Tommy takes the axe and he buries the axe in the corpse's head through the the opening of the door. Just then, of course, the power comes back on and they see. Wonderful. It was not the corpse, but it was Emma. And ostensibly, (gasps) the corpse they were seeing was like an illusion created by Jane Doe. And Tommy has buried the axe in Emma's chest. Oh, no. And Emma? Austin is screaming and crying, and Tommy is, like, apologizing. And again, they're both, you know, they're both great actors. So you too genuinely right. feel bad. Yes. But also, Tommy, this is not on you. You know what I mean? No. This is not, not on you no. whatsoever. It sucks, but yeah. it's not on you. And Emma is fully dead. There's no question of, like, oh, she's injured. Yeah, no, yeah, she yeah. is absolutely no, no, no. immediately dead. At least she didn't have to hang out and fucking be a part of this, you know? Seriously. And Tommy says, we have to go. And he drags Austin away from Emma's body and into the elevator. And the doors close and starts to ascend. And of course, they then get stopped again. And they're sort of like trapped in the elevator shaft. Mm-hmm. And Austin's beating himself up like, I told her to come back. I told her I was going to meet her. And Tommy says, no, this is my fault. And Austin says, you couldn't have known. And Tommy says, yeah, that's what everyone told me. About your mom. So now we're reuniting the A and the B story. Like, we're finally going to open up about your mom. Yeah, like, well, we're probably going to die in the next five minutes, so I guess we can have a candid conversation about the mother. And he says to um, Austin, you know why I used to call her Ray? Ray of Sunshine. She thought it was corny as shit, but it stuck. If I had known, I would have helped her. 
I should have seen it, but I didn't. So we infer the mother died by suicide. And the reason that okay. Tommy doesn't want to talk about it is that he blames himself for not noticing her depression. Yes. And, you know, again, Austin was like, Tough. nobody knew. Like, you like I, you cannot blame yourself. And he's like, mm-hmm. no, these were my mistakes. This is my mistake. I insisted we stayed on here. And you, ha- and you were having to pay for them. Again, I don't think you could take all this out of you, Tommy. I, like, this is another yeah. scenario where, like, yes, hubris for sure. But in, in, in a situation, you couldn't have known that what was no. going to happen, you know? Who could have known? And if that wasn't bad enough, we see the crematorium starts to, like, gear up and the door flies open. So then there's just smoke starting to fill the hallway, right? Yes. But then Austin asks an interesting question. And the question is, well, why hasn't she just killed us yet? Like, she tricked us into killing Emma. Look what she could do. If she wanted us dead, we'd be dead. When we cut into her, she kept trying to stop us, like, sort of, like, interfering with us. The lights and the— Yeah. And Austin said, it's like there's something she doesn't want us to find. And Tommy says, wait, so do you want to go back in there? And Allison says, if we could figure out how she actually died, maybe we could stop her. So, Allison, they're headed back to the morgue. I mean, I don't also, like, I don't follow the logic. Like, what are they going to find that's, like, it's only going to make her kill you. Well, I guess it's like every supernatural horror movie where it's like, oh, well, I read in a book that the demon hates corn. It's like, okay, (laughs) you know, like, maybe if we find whatever sure. thing it is. And I think they're just, they're going out of sheer desperation. Yeah, so, at this point, like, what options do they have? So when the elevator comes back on, they're able to sort of pry it open and, and get back into the hallway. And the smoke is filling the hallway. So as they go back to the morgue, they sort of get, um, you know, sort of separated. Okay. And uh, the smoke is so thick, they're like coughing, and they don't see old soda-eyes Irene until she starts slashing Tommy with a scalpel. And Austin has to grab his dad and, like, throw him into the morgue. And they lock the door behind them. And they get to work on stage four of the autopsy. And, Allison, do you remember what stage four is? Brain. The brain. Unlike her other organs, the brain looks totally normal and healthy. And Austin takes a little slice. terrifying. (laughs) Absolutely. Austin takes a slice to examine under a microscope. And we hear Austin say, what the fuck? And Tommy runs over and he looks at the tissue and he says, the best line in the movie, that's why we couldn't find a cause of death. Because she's still alive. And now it's Austin's turn to be like, we lit her on fire. We literally took out her heart. It's in a bowl. Like, how could she be alive in any sense of the word? Yeah. And Tommy says, okay, well, something is keeping her going. It's It's not a natural energy, but something is keeping her alive in some sense. And Austin examines that shroud fabric again. And then he folds it over sort of into a bundle and mm-hmm. we realized the text was illegible because it was written on when it was already a bundle, like not lying flat. Oh, I see. So when he folds it, he's able to sort of make full words out of it. And he finds the Old Testament um, passage from the Bible. And he finds, it's Leviticus twenty twenty seven. And what does that passage say, Allison? Any man or woman who consults the spirits of the dead shall be put to death, for they are, say it with me, oh, a witch. witch. And their blood shall be on their own hands. And meanwhile, on the other part of the shroud, Tommy is able to make out Roman numerals. And it's year, it's 1693. And in case the audience doesn't get it, Austin's like 17th century, Northeast, New England. Obviously, they're like, they can't be a witch. And Tommy's like, witches are a myth. And Austin says, you can't keep denying what's happening here. But Tommy's point is, well, but there weren't actually witches in Salem. They were falsely right. accused people. Yes, they were just women. There was a hy- yeah, there were hysteria. <laughs> like, they were all innocent. 
besides, this woman wasn't just hung or burned. Like, she was tortured. Like, all these things. Yes. This was a ritual. Like, they're trying to kill a witch. And Austin's like, well, it didn't work because <laughs> she's clearly, like, alive Still in some alive. sense. And then a testament to Brian Cox's acting ability because then they try to make this, they offer a rationale that does not to me make any sense. But Brian Cox turns and he goes, What if? What if? And you're like, All right, I'm okay. on board. I'm listening. Here's, here's what he says What if the witch killing rit- ritual was performed on this woman? It, what if this ritual was performed on an innocent? And by doing so, they accidentally created the very thing we're trying to destroy. Everything they did to her, everything we've done to her, she can feel it. She wants us to feel it. She- Does that make sense? No. I don't think so, but that's fine. Brian Cox it. really sells it. Yes. And Tommy says, you know, I could tell she wants us to feel it. And he lifts up his shirt. And we see that there are bruises on his ribs from when he was attacked in the bathroom. And they are starting to form these sort of occult, ornate symbols and Perfect. patterns. Good. And Tommy says, that's why she's keeping us alive. This is her revenge. This is her ritual. And Austin Ugh, says— But, like, it's not their fault. Like, they didn't do anything. I mean, yeah, I, they says, did— Yes. I mean, they but. did take apart her body, but, you know, she doesn't know about autopsies because she died hundreds yeah. of years ago. Right. And, and Austin says, well, why us? Like, what did we do? And Tommy says, well, why the Douglases? Why anybody? We're on her path. That's all. So I think, unfortunately, oh. they just ran into her. Yeah. And also, they don't Bad address timing. this. But they, they don't specifically say this, but I have to assume that Alvarez, the contractor— or a construction guy, what was digging up the foundation and happened to just unearth her. Yes. They never actually addressed that part, but I'm assuming it must be that. And now that yeah. they've taken all of these things out of her, she's regaining her powers. Interesting. It's sort of like they over-explain it, but under-explain it in a certain sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And Tommy yeah. says, they must have, the people from the Northeast, wherever she was, Salem or wherever, must have taken her as far as they could away from their village and buried her. And he said, no one's been able to stop her because no one's gotten close enough. No one could see what we've seen, that she's suffering, and it won't stop until— And Austin says, until? Until what? Just then, one of the other corpses slams against the morgue door, and Austin has to run over to the door and hold it close lest the the corpses bust in. And Tommy leans down to talk to Jane Doe, and he asks her not to hurt Austin— and Aww. as Austin watches, Tommy freezes as Tommy's staring into Jane Doe's eye and he starts groaning and screaming in excruciating pain. No. Tommy's wrists shatter Dad. from the inside and then his ankles in the same way that she Ooh. was tortured. And as his ankles and wrists break, we see Jane's wrists and ankle bones resetting, healing themselves. Okay. Tommy exhales okay. smoke as her lungs heal themselves. His torso is being ripped open as her torso pulls itself back together. Mm-hmm. And then finally, okay. as Tommy's eyes cloud over, Jane's eyes clear up and they become like a, a beautiful brown. So ostensibly, she is, he needs to sacrifice himself. So that she can live? Or die. Unclear. I don't know what okay. her, because I was like, oh, okay, she's okay, going to okay. wake up. But she, I think she might, at this point, I was just like, I guess she's dead because she's not up and about, you know? Yes. So Tommy then, as if things weren't wild enough, then Tommy gestures to his scalpel and he asks Austin to please do it. And Austin 
uh, agrees, and he stabs his dad in the heart, putting his dad out of his misery like poor old Stanley. But I'm thinking, using the Jane Doe logic, if what has gone on to her has been passed on to Tommy— wouldn't he still, wouldn't he also still be alive in some sense because of the brain yeah. thing? Right. He, wouldn't he be exactly where we found her throughout most of the film? Yes. And so I, the idea like, oh, Austin like stabs him and then like, okay, I guess he's dead. It's like, why Is would he? we, why would we know that or, or think that? Unless Either way, like all of the people along the way do corporeally die so yes. that she can live. And like, they're not, he's not a witch now. Yes. Yeah, I think she, you're right. He's the victim. He's not going to be, he's not going to It's like get whatever Peter power. Thiel does to like get blood from young people or whatever. <laughs> but boy, what a, what a terrible way to live forever. You can't really go anywhere. You just have to like be buried wherever people put you in hopes they digs you up. <laughs> it's, a, it's a horrible thing that they did this yeah. lady. Either way, Austin stabs his dad. His dad dies. And the lights come back on. The corpse drawers are closed. All the corpses are away. And the radio starts up again. And just then, Austin hears Sheriff Burke calling down, like, Tommy, Austin, are you okay? We're sawing down the tree, blocking the door. Like, are you okay down there? Allison, Austin's looking around. We have two dead, murdered bodies. How are you going to explain the fact that your father and Emma have been brutally murdered and you're the only living person down here, you know? Yeah. But Austin's like, I'll deal with that later. And he runs up the right. stairs and he's trying to open up the door as they take the tree off. Oh. And Sheriff Burke, he's yelling, open, open the door, open up. And Austin's crying. He's like, I can't, I can't open up. And then suddenly Sheriff Burke starts singing that creepy song from before, open up your heart and let the sun shine in. So let the sun shine in. And at the bottom of the stairs, Austin peers down and he hears a little jingling, jangling. So Allison, even though he stabbed his father to death, this is not over. He is going to have to go through this. This continues. Um, when Austin turns back from looking over the railing, his dead father is standing immediately in front of him, and he See? jumps back, screaming, and he topples over the railing, and he falls to the floor to his death. In the morning, the weather is great, and Sheriff Burke and his people actually are coming to check in on Austin Tommy, right. and they find them all dead as well as Emma. And we hear Lieutenant Wade say, just like she said at the beginning at the Douglas's house, no obvious signs of forced entry. And if and they are looking at Tommy's body, and it says, it looks an awful lot like he, implying, died by suicide. And Burke cuts her off and says, I've known this family for 20 years. Whatever it looks like, that ain't it. Meanwhile, there, Burke also examines the Jane Doe board with all the facts. And on the radio, we hear the announcer say, it's our fourth straight day of sunshine with a high of 75. So even the illusion of the storm was created by oh, Jane Doe. That wow. part wasn't real either. This bitch. And all the other corpses are safely tucked in their drawers. And they're discussing, well, what do we do with Jane Doe? And Burke says, all right, you get her out of my county. Take her to VCU. Let Ward Lemon deal with her. I don't want her in my town. So they agree, okay, we're going to take her to the university. Allison, Jane Doe is back to be being perfectly clean and unmarked, but with cloudy eyes, looking like she just died. Which to me, I'm like, the sheriff would at least be like, this corpse looks amazing. Like, yeah, why? All how like is she's been sitting out allegedly all night. Yeah. Well, like, or even if she wasn't sitting out, like it's been more than 24 hours since she died, she would yeah. start to be more dead. 
So they load her into a hearse and they lo- put the other three bodies into their own vans and they drive away. And Andy, as he drives, uh, Trooper Cole is talking to his uh, presumably girlfriend or wife on his Bluetooth and he's not paying attention to the radio as we hear a preacher proclaim, the word of God is powerful. And then it jumps to a new station and it starts playing the open up your heart, let the sunshine in song again. And the last shot we see is we sort of drift down Jane Doe's body. We land at her toe and we see her big toe twitch. And the ringing of that infernal bell. The end. Wow. Allison, what are some fatal mistakes that someone might have made in the movie The Autopsy of Jane Doe? Fatal mistakes. I mean, the second things were a little wacky. I'd be like, mm-hmm. we're saving this to morning. Like, I don't care if the sheriff has to deal with the local news for another eight hours. Like, we're getting out of here and leaving this, like, for the night. Absolutely. And I think, like, even if you don't believe in ghosts, right? Right. If you see in a mirror a nude figure standing in the hallway of your morgue, I'd be like, great, so somebody broke in. Something crazy's about to happen. Let's just get the fuck out of here. You don't just dismiss it. Best case scenario, it's a random stranger. Best case. And that would be enough to get the hell out of there, okay? And if you see it, again, you're two men of science, you see this figure, to immediately dismiss it. Exactly. So that, to me, is like, well, after that, it's just downhill. It's hard to to then defend anything that they did after that. I would also say being a coroner. <laughs> I I think being a coroner, I think, um, and this is sort of like, I love this movie, but I do feel like when they start to rationalize what they're doing, I'm mm-hmm. like, I don't know. So I think like, it is one thing to be, again, a man of science. It's another thing to be like, what if this totally unlikely scenario yeah. that I'm just thinking of right now in a situation mm-hmm. I have no experience in it or no information, I'm going to go ahead and offer my life to this witch corpse to yes. save my son. You can't, again, it, that's a level of hubris, a level, level of self-belief I could never have. And in this case yeah. shows us you can't just assume when you assume you make an ass out of you and me, you, and and you me. end up getting murdered by a witch. You know? Yes. Yes. Um, and then finally, Allison, where would you place the autopsy of Jane Doe on the spooky scale? A spooky scale. Oof. I mean, I got, this one's up there for me. Like, yeah. it's scary. I like how contained it is. Like, I mm-hmm. always feel like that's such a scary device. Is like, this all happened in one building. Yes. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna give this an eight and a half. I love it. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna doing give more it... half. I'm doing more half scores this year. Absolutely, that's my 2020 2022. Listen, I mean math allows for it, so I think you should. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna give it an eight. I agree. Okay. They're definitely. I I I love. I both love that it's a procedural, and then like some of the mm-hmm. more procedural elements are less scary. But I thought there were a lot of fantastically scary moments. Everything with the corpse. And I love that it was like essentially one location. Mm -hmm. And I think they made use out of a lot of like, um, they they very artfully build suspense. When you hear the bell dingling, dangling, you're like, oh no. Yeah. I already know where this is headed. So I think, again, in the Rosemary Baby way, where it's like, yes, we already know something bad is going to, we know you're unsettled the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, a solid eight. And if you're someone who listens and does like horror movies and want to watch them, absolutely watch this one. It's a really great, really great film and very scary. Yeah. Um, and until then, guys, would you do us a huge favor? And yeah. you don't have to, but if you, if could, you can. But 
in the new year, please, we're going to ask even more. Keep it spooky. We love you. We love you. Ruined is a Radio Point production with executive producers Alex Bach, Sabrina Fonfetter, and Houston Snyder. Recorded and edited by Kat Iosa. 